0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the daily crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. It is Wednesday, January the 18th. 2023, and really excited to chat with each and every single one of you today here on the Daily Crow. Of course, as always, we're taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. I see C Youngblood, Madison, Cameron, Stephen Borwell Jr., uh, Kayshawn, Gavin, Travi Brack, Hunter Kelly, John Edward. What's going on? Excuse me. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord. <clears throat> Head over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure your questions are answered there. Again, really excited to chat with each and every single one of you. Of course, guys, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to PrizePicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS. It's sign up to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100, guys, if you're not playing with Prize Picks. I don't know what you're doing because so many fans and listeners of the Spurs up showing of the Daily Crow have made tons of money with our friends at PrizePix, and you should as well. Again, go download the app or go to prizepicks.com. You can play anything and everything, college sports, pro sports, they've got it all. That's PrizePix, and use that promo code TSUS at sign up to receive that 100% deposit match. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the phone lines.
2: Call from Owner <clears throat>
1: Hunter, what's up, man? How are you?
3: I'm good, man. What about you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking what's going on.
3: Yeah, so uh, a couple questions. Have you, uh, have you heard anything about uh, Nicholas Harbour? I don't know if he still has the first ball on us at all.
1: I have not heard anything new on Nicholas Harbour, no. So I think we're all just kind of awaiting his decision. Should come in the next couple of weeks, obviously. But I have heard nothing new yeah. on Harbour.
3: Okay, and one more question. Uh, one for the twelve-team playoff thing. Does that start uh twenty twenty-four or twenty-five?
1: I think twenty-five. It could be twenty-four. I'm not exactly sure, to be honest with you. Don't don't uh, don't quote me on that. But I I think twenty-five. It might be twenty-four though. Maybe it is not this season, but the next one. It might actually be twenty-four. I I don't know. Maybe somebody can comment and tell us. But yeah yeah,
3: um, I, not I this season. That's all out, I know. Like, you know yeah, I didn't know if it would count as, like, you know, say if we got ranked in top ten this year and, you know, beginning of next year we can be in the 12th team playoff or something like that. I'm not sure how that works. Okay,
1: per a comment, it is 2025. And, no, it it have to be what we do this season will have no impact on our playoff standing or chances or anything. So, yeah. Unfortunately, okay. that's not the case because, I mean, there's a lot of people that think maybe we could win ten games and be close to – uh jumping into a 12 team playoff. But anyways, um yeah,
3: for
1: sure. Yeah, nothing we do this season will will impact it. So okay.
3: No, I appreciate it, man. That's all I
1: needed. Hunter, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks so much. Great stuff from our friend Hunter. Guys again the phone lines are open. 843 790 337 So John number says it's 2024. He just looked okay. So, you just looked, John Edward. Good deal. Good deal. Appreciate you doing that. Um, let's see. Jeff Gullich's harbor ranking drops could only mean one thing. He might be a game Gamecock. If he signs elsewhere, he will go back up in the rankings. Isn't that funny? That, that's that's kind of sad that we think that, right? Which it tends to be true, though, Jeff. It tends to be true. The cock drop. That's a real thing. Uh, Cocky Twan, what's going on? Appreciate you tuning in. So, I do want to point something out, by the way, because my guy Dalton called me out just a little bit ago, like a couple minutes ago, actually. Uh, Brad Crawford tweeting out that you know give Beamer credit for getting his guy and Dowell Loggins. Had he waited, Loggins would have been promoted to OC at Arkansas. So Kendall Bryles is reported to uh, to be moving to TCU to be their OC. I just asked Brad the question to more so give him the opportunity to respond because I don't think Dowell Loggins is going anywhere. Like, I I don't think Shane Beamer would have offered the job. I don't think Dowell Loggins would have taken it if he thought realistically and if he really wanted the Arkansas job and he could have just stayed there and waited it out. So, I don't think he's going anywhere. But you guys know, I enjoy the banter. I enjoy the conversation. So, I'm sure the question on a lot of people's minds is, if and when Kendall Browles leaves, will Dowell Loggins consider going back to his alma mater, by the way? This isn't just some random school he went there. So, I mean, I think it's worth a conversation for just a moment. And so my question to Brad was just, well, what's stopping Dowell Loggins from going back? I'm not even saying going back right now, but could Dowell Loggins possibly consider going back in a year, in two years? Could, could this be like a maybe shorter term OC fix than we thought? That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Dowell Loggins is going to pull the rug out from under us and and jump ship and head to Arkansas. I'm certainly not saying that. So, please don't quote me on that. I simply just asked Brad uh, the question. So, and again, I think the question's fair because it's his freaking alma mater. So, let's see. Yeah, yeah, Craig, I'm doing fantastic, my guy. I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but I'm doing great. Um, David says, do we have an update on Jeff Coates? Heard the situation is still ongoing. Yeah, I, I, as far as we heard from Sports Talk last night, Sports Talk tweeted out and said that uh, they were still working on getting Jeff Code into school. And guys, we know now at this point that it has nothing to do really with his academics. It's something that happened at Mizzou. I think when he was a freshman, something that happened early on in his career at Mizzou that is hitting a snag with. Uh, Hitting a snag with admissions or hitting a snag with the clearing, whatever. So, you know, it's going to be a real shame. I I mean, I guess today we're going to know, right, because it's the cutoff was today. So if he's not in, uh, if he's not in or if he can't, you know, I don't know. I I don't have the answers right now. We'll have J.C. Sherbert, of course, on the show tomorrow. Guys, that also, by the way, I forgot to update you. Um, No Mark Ryan today. Mark Ryan is out with an illness. He's not even on his show this week. I don't think I think he said he tested negative for COVID, but he's down and out, lost his voice, has a fever, what have you. So unfortunately, we have no Mark Ryan today. So uh, I'm I'm disappointed. I know you're disappointed. Was really looking forward to, but obviously the the number one concern is that we hope Mark is okay. And from what I've been told, I heard that it's going around right now. You guys can tell me. I've had a couple people reach out to me. They got family members and and friends and all that that are sick, and that some of that some of that stuff's going around right now. So. Be sure to uh, take care of yourself. You know, one of, my, one of my favorite, I talk a lot about perspective and gratitude and, you know, not to shift gears too, too much. But one of my favorite things is that, you know, a, a, a healthy person wants 10,000 things and a sick person just wants one thing, right? So count your blessings, right? If you're healthy and happy and all that. But uh, anyways, yes, look forward to get Mark Ryan back on the show next week. And of course, we'll have JC Sherbert on tomorrow. Brendan M., what's up? Class ran over. Hey, it's all good, man. Appreciate you. Uh, Elizabeth Ballard says, Do you think Monty will bring back some of that Gamecock baseball magic? I sure hope so. I sure hope so. I mean, obviously, the impact we need to feel is at the plate, swinging the bat. And, uh, you know, Elizabeth, I'm as excited to talk about baseball as you are to talk about it as well. Trust me, I'm I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. I'm pumped. You know, again, people, and I've, I've had this combo in here so many times, but people ask me, people ask me a lot about, like, you know, Covering the different sports, what's the favorite? I think everybody at this point knows, like, I'm a baseball guy. There's nothing like football, but I love baseball. And uh, But, you know, I what I love about it, too, is, like, you know, football is so much fun. Excuse me. Football is so much fun because we spend the entire week, the buildup to the game, right? There's only 12 games, and, um, you know, we're, we're building up all week long. I mean, we literally are previewing and breaking down the game all week and stuff like that. And then you have that one game on Saturday. I, I love the daily grind. I mean, obviously, guys, it's it's why I'm able to do what I do. I love the daily grind. I love having a daily routine. I love getting after it on the daily. And that's what baseball provides you, right? I mean, you don't play every single day, but you play what feels like every single day, right? Um, you got your Tuesday midweek, you got Friday, you got Saturday, you got Sunday, you know, you're just playing. And in the first couple of weeks, we got Tuesday, Wednesday, we got back to back days of midweeks. And I just I love that. You know what I mean? I, I love waking up and knowing, hey, we're going to the yard today. I love waking up, hey, we got a game today. You know, th- those are so much fun to me. I, I just, I find great joy in that. So, uh, looking forward to it. Really excited. Again, of course, we got 30 days. The countdown continues. Tomorrow's podcast that drops. We'll be talking Gamecocks relievers. And uh, that's going to be a fun show because the bullpen should be absolutely electric this season. Um very excited for what Kingston and company have built with the bullpen. I mean, we should be deep, guys. I mean, again, we talk about the pitching staff and how good the pitching should be, and I mean, the bullpen should be second to none in the SEC, truly. So, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. That is eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Lee Hopkins says every position's important, but do you think we have the pitching to get us back? Oh my, yeah, we we we've got the arms, in my opinion. If we stay healthy, we have the arms. I think we absolutely have the arms to make a deep run. I'll say that. Uh, It's this season, as we all know, Lee, it's all about just swinging the stick. It's all about swinging the stick. Really is. Um, Can we swing it? That's it. I mean, if we can hit, if we can hit, if we can hit 260 in SEC play, we are, we are going to be a really good, we might win 40 games. We'll win close to 40 games if we can hit 260. We hit 270 in SEC play, we're winning 40 games. Like, that, that, that's how good the pitching is. I mean, we, we don't have to hit. We don't have to hit that well, you know? We don't have to be the best hitting team in college baseball. We don't have to be the best hitting team in the SEC. Like, we just need to be solid. That's it. You know, we just need to be solid. So... You know, what's really exciting, too, is, again, we get to the week of opening day, and I'll give my projected starting rotation and stuff like that. And you're going to need a starter to start in the midweek. But I, th- I think you're going to see, you know, you got these youngsters. I think a guy to keep an eye on is uh, Eli Jerzimbek. I don't know exactly how to say his name, but uh, a freshman right-hander. Absolutely filthy. D1 baseball is really, really high on him. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to be a midweek guy, no doubt. Jerzimbek. You know, I think he's going to start in the midweek. You know, you bring back Cade Austin, who was phenomenal last year. Brett Thomas, who was solid last year. The one that I hate that went down was Roman Kimball, the Notre Dame transfer. I hate that he went down. But you get Jackson Phipps, the lefty, back from injury. Uh, Also, Nick Proctor, the cow kid. People are really high on him. My guy, p just talks about Ricky Williams like he's the next Trevor Hoffman. Um Really, really good player though. The the transfer from Clemson sucks. They probably say that was the best transfer we got from them. You know, Dylan Eskew's a transfer. How about Wesley Sweat is back? Um, then you got other freshmen: Austin Williamson, Connor McCreary, Trey Wheeler. Uh, so you got arms, man. And then and then again, you talk about the weekend rotation. That's what I was starting with. I mean, if it's you know, it's I, Sanders is a, is a definite right. Matthew Becker, I think, is a definite. I I don't think Becker's a pin guy. I think he's a starter. So, the third spot comes down to between Noah Hall and Jack Mahoney. And whoever doesn't win that job is going to be just filthy in the bullpen. Uh, Just going to be filthy, right? So, um, and here's the thing people forget. Hall was brought in last season from Appalachian State to be a bullpen guy, right? To be a bullpen guy. So, I, I think Hall in the bullpen would make a lot of sense. I mean, I think a lot of the Sunday spots just going to be who, who pitches better. <laughs> I mean, like I think they're going to let uh, they're going to let the competition run through spring. You know, they, they'll they'll decide and they'll determine. I'm sure they've got a really good idea right now. They'll probably give it enough, give it another week or two though, and then they'll make the decision right because you want to start gearing up. Whoever's going to be your starter, like we're going to know right because they're going to start gearing them up through these inner squads. Um, you know, normally what you'll do, I, I'm sure they're going to start scrimmaging this weekend, or if not this weekend, the next. I would imagine this weekend, but they'll probably start out like guys like Will and and uh, Becker and all those starters. They'll probably, you know, throw them two innings or they'll, they'll have them on like a 40 pitch pitch count. Then the next weekend, they'll put them on a 50 or 60 pitch pitch count. Then they'll kind of bump it up to 75. And, you know, they, they gear them up for the start of the season. And then obviously early in the season, you know, guys aren't going more than six innings, maybe seven. But it's 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 a marathon, not a sprint. Right. You don't want to have to, especially in non-conference play. You know, you want to be hitting your stride as you get to SEC play, right? And then you're at the point where okay, guys can throw a hundred pitches if they need whatever, but you don't want to burn guys out, obviously. So, um, anyways, you got options. You got options, and that's uh, that that that's that's where you want to be. That's the place you want to be at. So, Stephen Boyle Jr., what's up, Trabby uh, Bruin Nation? Appreciate you tuning in. John Edward, off the top of your head, who should be the closer? That's a great question. That's that's a great question, John Edward. I don't think there's one guy. You know, Kate Austin was really, really good, uh, really good in that role. You know, I think Jack Mahoney could be your closer. I think Jack Mahoney's got the makeup to be a closer. You know what I mean? You know, I list him as a starter, but I think he's got the makeup to be a closer. You know, Eli Jones is back. I don't think he's going to be a closer, but I think he'd he'd be another fantastic midweek arm or a bullpen arm. Um, Also, dude, I didn't even mention James Hicks. Where does James Hicks go, right? Where does James Hicks go? Is he a pin guy, right? Is he a starter? Heck, he could be the third starter. I thought he was okay last year, but um, could Ricky Williams be your closer? I, I think Nick Proctor is more of a uh, long relief guy. But, I, you know, I, again, that's something I, I don't know right now, John Edward. I'll be honest with you, and I have not been out to. I'm going to try to make it down for a couple of scrimmages as soon as Gamecocks baseball drops their uh, their scrimmage schedule. I, I'm sure they're going to have some on the weekends. I will make a day trip. Uh, I will make a day trip down to Columbia to, for a couple of them to just kind of get a feel on our team. Cause I have not gotten to do that. Um, D one baseball.com. <clears throat> you guys know, those are, those are our homies over there. Um, actually I've got Aaron fit of D one baseball.com coming onto the show on Friday. So that will be an interview for next week. Really, really excited to get fit on the show. Um, yeah, looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. He does a fantastic job. So, yep, yeah, Aaron Fit does a fantastic job. Um, we normally have them on every single year. And guys, I'm also working right now. I'm also working right now to to uh, to get on some special guests throughout the baseball season. So the way that we did football, I, you know, it's not going to be daily. Of course, we got Mark on Wednesday, JC Sherbert on Thursdays. I I'm I'm really I'd like to have a baseball specific guest. Um, a baseball specific guest on the show weekly. I really would like to do that. I think that provides a lot of value. Whether it be a former player, whether it be a baseball personality of some sort, right? So We'll see. It really just kind of depends on can people fit it into their schedule. That's really what it comes down to, right? That's, work, that's what worked out so well. You know, we had guys like Jake Crane and then Garcia and my guy Alex McGrath and others that, you know, just it worked out well. That's, that's one of the toughest things, right? Just scheduling it out. But uh, special guests will continue. I don't think we're going to have a special guest on the podcast tomorrow. I don't believe that we will. But uh, guys, we will pick that up and really hit the ground running starting next week. We had some scheduling issues with some guys that we were trying to get on this week. I've actually, it's funny, I, I say that I'm not having a special guest on, but literally we got JC on tomorrow. I, I did an interview with girls in the game that I believe is dropping this week. I've actually got a conversation tomorrow with Mark Rogers at 11 that he's gonna drop on uh, that he's gonna drop on his airwave. So you know, we're doing plenty. Uh, just have not lined up a, a guest for the pod. Tomorrow, which it's interesting, you know, the special guest. I feel like having the guest on TDC has kind of filled the role of, you know what I'm saying, like the special guest on the podcast. So I I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know. Anyways, 843-790-3377. Guys, really appreciate you all tuning in. Again, that's 843-790-3377. Um, basketball. Do we want to even mention basketball last night? Another tough one. Really, really tough game. Um, you know. I, I I just I I will say this. I will say this. Um and it's unfortunate, but I actually dropped a comment this morning to somebody. On Instagram, and I think it's the truth, you know, at at this point, and it's the battle that Lamont Paris is fighting. It's the battle that Frank Martin was fighting. It's the battle that anybody who is the head basketball coach at the University of South Carolina will be fighting. I don't remember the last time that basketball was anything more or anything less than just that thing that kills time between the end of football season and opening day. I, that, that's just where we are. And so that that they're fighting the battle of trying to change that narrative. But especially when you're this bad, when you're this porous, I mean, you're losing by double digits to an old Miss team that hadn't won a conference game. You're going to be an underdog in every game. Yeah, look, I don't know... I, I don't know. I don't know how many more wins are on the schedule. I don't know how many more. I don't know how many more wins you can really point at and say that's a dub. I, 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 can you find any? I don't know how you beat Kentucky. I, I really don't. I really don't know how you beat Kentucky. I mean, <clears throat> this team's only chance at winning is michi has got to be insanely hot. Gigi's got to play out of his mind. And Hayden Brown's got to play well. Like if those, and, and Lamont Paris said it. Mont Paris said it like if, if those guys aren't playing well, they don't have a chance. They don't have a chance. I dig music. Says, Honestly, I watch this, not the podcast, but I do like hearing the snippets. You know, I dig music. I I don't take that. You know, that's and that's fine. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's uh, I don't take that personally at all. Um, and also too, you guys know, and I, I'm sure you know this. I dig music that the the the, the Daily Crow is available via our podcast feed. You know, it's it's interesting because I could probably get away and I've said this many times, I could get away with just doing this and like cutting out the the podcast, you know what I mean? Cause this but here's one of the reasons why I wouldn't want to do that, right? Because like I think about football season <clears throat> or even baseball season. Anytime people look forward to the podcast dropping Monday morning, like the reaction and all that. And so I'm just like, I, I don't want to cut that out. You know what I mean? Like I I don't want to make people wait until noon. I don't want to wait. Make people wait until three o'clock in the afternoon Monday until a podcast hits the airwaves. So, but you know, it's so funny. I, I I've got people that will tune into this, and they don't even realize we have like a podcast that's something different, something separate. It's just kind of funny how that works out. But you know, either way, whether you tune into the podcast, TDC, whatever. Hey, I just appreciate that you're tuned in and you're locked in and uh, you're engaging in our content. That's I, I I I've always believed in hitting, you know, as many as many different sectors as you can right as many different forms of content as you can because people consume things in different ways people like things different ways stuff like that so anyways um anyways let, let's jimmy clark happy wednesday to you rebecca what's going on I feel like it's been a while rebecca hope you've been doing well I feel like it's it's been a while let's see Elizabeth Ballard says she wants to see more small ball and not swing for the fences. Well, I, you know, I, I think that is a uh, that's that's just a baseball issue, Elizabeth. I don't I don't I don't think you're going to all of a sudden see us be a, a small ball team. You know, I I think I think we're going to be a well rounded team this year. We need to be a well rounded team. But uh, if you look at some of the, you know, we're, we're going to have more left-handed bats in the lineup this year than we've had in quite a while, which is a good thing. I mean, there, there's, there's no reason why we should not have a lefty-heavy lineup. When you think about our ballpark and where we play, I mean, it's a launching pad for left-handed hitters. Dude, if Justin Smoke played at Founders Park, I mean, Sarge Fry was a launching pad also, but if he played at Founders Park with that wind that blows out to right field, Dude, it would have been uh, with the, With the old bats? Oh, my God. Good Lord. I mean, dude, how many bombs would Justin Smoke have hit with the old bats in Founders Park? Good God. Anyways, Rebecca says she's got COVID. Rebecca, we're praying for you, Rebecca. My goodness. See, it's going around. It's not just Mark Ryan. It's not just Mark Ryan. How about that? How about that, Rebecca? We're praying for you. Make sure you rest up. Take care of yourself. Came and lightsy. Monty Lee's gonna be great to have on staff. I, I was thinking about how dope it'd be to have a Monty Lee jersey. Just get a Lee jersey. No, nah, I'm excited that Monty's back. I'm, I'm excited that Monty's home. Um, yeah. So, very excited. Let's see. D1 baseball. So, here we go. How about this? D1 baseball.com dropped their 2023 SEC player of the year watch list. On that list, some very, you know, some names that, that we're very familiar with. But one of the names is a Gamecock. And I tend to think that Enrique Bradfield Jr. probably wins it or Dylan Cruz. Dylan Cruz. Um, how about this? There's two Gamecocks on here. Good Lord. Is there a third? Is there a third? Let's see. He's got, a, he, I mean, there's a lot of guys on this list. This is for, yeah, he's got three Gamecocks on here. He's got Braylon Wimmer. And again, it's a long list, but Braylon Wimmer. He's got Braylon Wimmer, Caleb Denny, right? There's a lot of you like, who the heck's Caleb Denny? So Denny started his career at Arkansas in 2019. He transferred to Oral Roberts, where he hit 302 over three seasons, set career high marks in just about every offensive category in 2022. Hit 11 homers, 57 ribby last year for Oral Roberts. Uh, so Caleb Denny going to be a guy in the outfield we lean on, and then Gavin Casas Vandy Vandy transfer right. Um big big body lefty again this is going to be one of our I, I think he's probably gonna be our three or four hole guy um so yeah I mean it's that's the thing guys with this team it, this this baseball team there's gonna be a few like I said there's gonna be a few in the lineup that you recognize like the Wimmers and the, and the Braswells and maybe the Kevin Maddens or what have you the Lee Croys, the Hornets. There there's gonna be a lot of guys though in the lineup that I mean heck that I don't even know I mean they're they loaded up on transfers. I mean, they absolutely loaded up on transfers. And, yes, Coleman, we got some good pl- – I mean, we really got some good sticks out of the transfer portal. We did. <clears throat> the transfer portal is working in baseball, too. Believe that. The transfer portal is working in baseball. Now, I don't think they've got the the crazy NIL stuff going on. I don't think they've got all that going on. But, uh, you know, it's – we're able to – and, you know, I would say this, though, that I have no problem really with the transfer portal in baseball because – this is just like Juco. That's that's all this is. It's just taking the place of Juco, right? And, I mean, it's probably hurting the Jucos more than anything because now guys, they don't really have to go Juco because they can just transfer after a year and hit the portal, right? So, um, I mean, the only reason you'd probably go Juco is if you feel like you are you can develop more at that level and then transfer to a D1 or you want to get drafted after one year or two years or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, the game – and you think about it too, man, like you look at the Ray Tanner teams. I mean, they they recruited well, but they also hammered Juco. They hammered Juco. Some of the best players in Gamecocks baseball history are Juco guys, right? So, but also a lot of those guys are in-state kids that you kept home. And, you know, that that's that's the thing that I hope Monty Lee – I th- I hope that's the thing that he – the biggest impact he makes is with in-state recruiting, right? Like, I, I – I mean, you know – I know a lot of people are like, you know, I'm just so ready for Kingston. To get out. Kingston sucks. Kingston sucks. And, and at this point right now, I, I don't disagree with you. I just I really want to see them have a good year because I, I, I love Monty Lee being on staff. I, you know, I, he, he's 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 got great relationships across the state of South Carolina. Um, you know, he can help us with recruiting. It's about keeping the best players home, man. And like if you're not doing that, I mean, it's. Like that was one of the more disturbing things I think I heard last year about Kingston was that like you know he's not liked by coaches in the state and like he doesn't recruit the state well and we got in-state kids heading here and heading there and what have you, um, I you know I I just that's 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 absurd that's ridiculous you know what I mean that's ridiculous, um, the best players in state you go to South Carolina that's it like South Carolina is the place you go play baseball like that's where everybody wants to go, that's it. That's where everybody wants to go. So, you know, to me, it's crazy to think that the best players in the state of South Carolina could be leaving. It's just wild. I dig music. 227 days, eight hours, and seven minutes until football season kicks off. I hear you, Mike. (laughs) 227 days. We got four months until we even start our countdown. How about that? Uh, Gad letting me know that it's Casas. Casas, his brother plays for the Red Sox. Really okay. So, Gavin Casas. All right. Thank you for allowing for letting me know that. I did not know that. Anyways, guys, Jonathan Lee, Chris, any insight on a DN or running back in the portal we might get since the Jeff Coat thing isn't working out for us? I got no intel right now. Um, uh, you know, i you know the 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 portal closes tomorrow, I believe, or the midnight tonight, or something like that. So, um, yeah, we're gonna do it. We got to do it now. If we're gonna do it, we got to do, <laughs> do, do it now. And I'm sure the portal obviously will open back up. There's I don't know exactly you know like the periods and how it works, but um. But it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate with the Jeff Coat thing. I mean, he—he's, you know, there's some some issues with his past. I believe that, uh, you know, some issues with his past at uh, at Mizzou that are, uh, you know, unfortunately keeping him. They're unfortunately keeping him from, you know, coming to South Carolina. So it is what it is, and just keep it moving. So anyways guys did y'all watch the basketball game last night I, I'll be honest with you I went to a uh I went to a birthday dinner right went to a birthday dinner and I, I watched a lot of the first half kept an eye with on it on my phone in the second half and uh but that's unfortunately the point that we're at right where it's like people I feel like are people I feel like are um you know just kind of tuning it out. <laughs> People are kind of tuning it out, I and mean, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Uh, Nick Stebbins, faith in Beamer that the land Jeffco. I, I don't know that Beamer can really do anything. Like, what can Beamer do? I, I don't know that he can really do anything. Rebecca says, "Where's John Rice?" I don't know. John John's been busy working. Rick Foreman said the new Sucks baseball coach said he's making recruiting the state a priority. Take it for what it's worth. I mean, I'm sure he is, Rick. I'm sure he is. I mean, you have to. There's too many. There's too much good talent, good baseball talent in this state to not make it a priority. He'd be foolish not to make it a priority, right? So, I, uh, you know, I'm not surprised to hear him say that. By the way, guys, let me remind you of this. Uh, TSUS.store, if you head over to our store, I have not published it or promoted it yet on social media. But if you go check out the store, you will notice we are dropping or re-releasing a lot of our old baseball merch and also dropping new baseball merch as well. Everything from our Yardcox baseball collection, a brand new win-anyway collection, right? A staple of Carolina Baseball. Uh, The Oot Oot collection has been re-released on comfort colors, long sleeves, hoodies, all that good stuff. And if you go to our store, we're cleaning up the store a little bit. The collection list up top, you'll see some of the graphics have gotten replaced. And you'll see one of the collections now highlighted at the top is simply Yardcocks. So all of your baseball merchandise can be found there. Like I've told you guys, I feel like our Yardcocks baseball merch, especially, is is some of the most slept-on merch that we've ever created. So if you go check it out there, we're also, um, if you go there right now, you will see the Rowdy Roosters collection is still up. I'm going to be redoing and updating a brand new Rowdy Roosters line because I, I, you know, it doesn't look bad, but I, I just feel like, I feel like we can, we can do a little bit better job with the Rowdy Roosters logo. Something that's a little bit more, Something that's a little bit more aesthetically pleasing, something you can kind of tell what it is a little bit better. Anyways, though, we're going to do that. Also, we are going to um, re-release the Road to Omaha merchandise on long sleeves, comfort colors, hoodies, all that good stuff. So, yeah, just stay tuned for that. T-S-U-S dot store, though. Brand new... Brand-new baseball merchandise on the way. And, again, really appreciate you guys. I love and support the merchandise side of the business. Of course, we've dropped the Beamer Rattler 23 stuff on Monday, and it's already been a smash hit. So, I really do appreciate you guys. Nick Stebbins says, ran into Spence. He saw my old merch, and he said, go cop the new merch. Did he really? Did he really? How about that? How about that? What a guy. What a guy Rattler is. Love that. Love that. Appreciate Rattler. Appreciate Spence for that. How about it? Jacob E. says, kind of crazy how they ranked the baseball team for this year after not winning more than 30 games. We've been having a winning record last year. Well, Jacob, that's because baseball is a year-to-year game, right? It it is. And, uh, I mean, we have a new-look team, Jacob. We have a new-look team with our best pieces back. Like, we didn't lose anybody. You know, we didn't lose anybody. Um, Added five or six really good transfer portal sticks. A lot of the freshmen you had to play last year a year older. Will Sanders is back leading your rotation. I mean, you get James Hicks back from injury. Jack Mahoney's back from injury. Jackson Phipps is back from injury. Um, you know, and basically everybody returns. So, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. There's a lot of reason to be excited. And listen, those guys know baseball, right? I mean, they watch every single team. They go to all these fall. Ca- and it doesn't. It's not a guarantee, right? Because baseball, baseball's so hard to predict. It's so hard to predict. Um, but those guys watch this in the fall, and and they. They see some of the guys we brought in from the portal. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, they, they, I, I mean, there's talent on this team. There's no question. There's talent. There was talent on the team last year. There was talent on this team last year. Right? So, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think they're excited for it. I think we have reason to be excited. So, Huyin Chang says, Monty Lee was Clem Sucks' Will champ. A protege from Ray Tanner and a rival did the perfect screw job on them. I you know, I'm I'm really surprised that, that Monty Lee did not succeed there. I, I really am. Really surprised. Really surprised.
2: Um yeah, so anyways, guys,
1: eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. That's eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. I can appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much to continue loving love sport. Like I said, tomorrow's podcast. We will talk Gamecocks relievers, and uh, we'll touch on a little basketball. I mean, I'll be honest with you, probably not a ton. Probably not a ton. Probably not a ton. <laughs> not a ton. Um, let's see. I'm just curious now. Who does? Who does Clem Sucks? Do, do they does Clemson Sucks have any. See, guys, I mean, that's again, if I had to describe it to you, what like I love baseball to the point that like I will watch other teams play. Like I will, I will watch Clem Sucks play. I will watch Clem Sucks play. They've got Binghampton for three. Charlotte in the middle. That's a good game. I mean, hey, we know about Charlotte, don't we? <laughs> Whooped our ass. Uh UCF for three. That could be a really interesting non-conference series. Then USC upstate. Then they've got. Us, and yeah, that so that game is that that Saturday game at Floor Field has definitely been scheduled for one o'clock because they've got it on their their site as well at one o'clock. Then they've got East Tennessee State and PC that next Tuesday, Wednesday. They got Georgia State. They got an interesting non-conference Georgia State for three. Then they got College of Charleston on a Tuesday night. Old Chad Holbrook. I might I might have to get. Well, we'll probably be playing that night. And then uh, they open up ACC play with Duke. So there you go. Dude, they got it. They, dude, they're playing. They're playing at Kennesaw State. How about that? At Kennesaw State. Let's see who else do they have. They got Coastal Carolina. Like, bro, (laughs) Clemson's schedule is wild. Coastal at home. They're playing at Georgia April the 11th. RIP in peace. Then they got Georgia at home the next week. Kennesaw stayed at home again, dude. Their non-conference schedule—they're playing at Coastal Wednesday, May the tenth. Their non-conference schedule is more fun than ours. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not even going to lie to you. We we do not like. I mean, we've got some all right midweeks, but we don't have. We we don't have. Uh, those type of midweeks. I, I I'm not trying to like drool over Clem Sucks' schedule but like those are some fun midweek games those are some fun midweek games so Elizabeth Bowler says I wore my yardcock shirt last week love that thank you Elizabeth Let, I mean let's compare that to our non-conference or our midweek schedule Winthrop Queens North Carolina a and T we got the Citadel USC Upstate at Floor Field, Presbyterian. Okay, so we do play at Charlotte. So we play we play Charlotte at Truist Field in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, so Charlotte's a cool one at Truist Field. At the Citadel, which we owe them a, I almost said a bad word. We owe them a butt whooping, that's for sure. After last year, we got UNC in Charlotte at Truist Field. Okay, that's a normal thing. Uh, USC Upstate. Charleston Southern, at Winthrop and Rock Hill. I'm sure John Edwards is going to be at that one, at Winthrop and Rock Hill. North Florida, Charlotte and Columbia, so we play them twice, and that's it. See, we don't have the cool non-cons, though. Like what we, Clemson's got some, like, wild, just random non-conference games. They got some wild midweeks. We, we don't have the cool midweeks this year for some reason. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, you know, we, we play some decent ones, but nothing, you know, Kennesaw State, Coastal, C. Of C. Like, dude, CFC C would be fun. I, I'd love to see Coach Holbert, but it's not happening, so. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, anyways, let's see. Andrew Murphy, fun fact. Did you know Justin Smoke and Matt Weeters were on the same high school team, Stratford? Yes, how would you like to pitch against that lineup? Yeah, it would be a lot of fun, man. I'll tell you guys about a story about when I pitched about some uh, or against some some Gamecock guys on the side of the break. We are going to jump into a quick break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in
2: to The Daily Crow. All right,
1: guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Here on this Wednesday, January the 18th, 2023, Connor Lee says, I've been missing out on TDC. My schedule this semester is brutal. Well, Connor, glad to have you here today, my friend. Brendan Dim says, my question is, why do we play North Florida all the time? I get Winthrop, Charlotte, and Citadel, but why North Florida? Brendan? I'm sure it's just they 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 create these schedules, I think, like years in advance, and for some you know who knows? I mean, Ray Tanner might have had some connection with the with the the eighty there. I mean, you never know. you, you never know. Uh, it is random. It is very random, but uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> so I mean, it should be a w. should be a w. So that's kind of what the midweek's supposed to be for. Hopefully, that's the case this year. Let's just taking a look at the D1 Baseball Top 25. We play, let's see, LSU, Tennessee. Uh, we don't have Ole Miss, do we? I don't think so. Florida, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, North Carolina. That's six. Uh, six. So we play six teams. We play six teams ranked inside the D1 baseball top 25 this season, and all six are ranked within the top 12. So, and five of the six, we have a three game series against them. Of course, UNC, we just have the midweek with. So, but I mean, dude, it's the SEC, and we're ranked too. So, I mean, it, it, it's the SEC, though. I mean, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's every year the schedule's like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, yeah, so. Yeah, Taylor made good point. Good point. Tennessee is crushing right now. I mean, I, I know that uh, our boys in the big cock club Discord, Dalton and Brenda, they hate to hear it. But when you talk about athletic departments and yeah, Taylor Made at, you know, makes the point. You know, yesterday we we were asked about being top ten in every single sport. Tennessee is doing that. I mean, they're they're crushing in football, baseball's elite, basketball's killing it. So I, I think right now you could argue Tennessee has the best athletics department in the conference. I mean, I think you really could. I don't know exactly what they are in women's basketball, but they traditionally have a really good women's basketball program. Obviously, they're not where the Gamecocks are. But Tennessee's crushing across the board. Uh, And, Brendan, I'm not pulling for Tennessee. I know that the Gamecocks beat Tennessee. But – and I'm glad we beat Tennessee, which, by the way, shout-out to the dude Gamecock repeats on YouTube. I don't know if you guys follow him. I'm actually subscribed to his channel. I mean, he's a small YouTube channel. But what he does is he just uploads old games, right? He's got 713 subscribers. But I look last night and he has uploaded, right? He has uploaded or started uploading. So he's uploaded both the Tennessee and the Clem Sucks games from this past season. But not only did he do that, the Tennessee game, because that game was on ESPN, right? he uploaded the skycast he uploaded the command center and he uploaded sec nation so you can watch all those things now here i'm going to i'm going to drop this in the in the discord my people in case y'all ever want to go back watch the uh, watch some different telecasts of the tennessee game you can do that so really cool <clears throat> really really cool He's also got tons of, like, old old baseball videos and everything. It's, it's a lot of fun. Really, really cool. Um, tons of videos, dude. Tons of videos. I mean, it just all kinds of videos. Old baseball, basketball, everything you can think of, man. All the College World Series wins. Heck, he's got a regionals game from 2000. He's got O2, Carolina sucks O2, Carolina, Nebraska, College World Series. I mean, all kinds of stuff, man. Really cool. Really cool. So, really, really cool. Uh, let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Andrew Murphy, which Gamecocks do you pitch against? Yeah, great question. So, I got to pitch in one of the last games. This was fall of 2008. Yes, fall of 08. Um, because the first season at Founders was 09, right? So they were like ripping the seats out of Sarge Fry. I got to pitch in one of the last games ever we played on Sarge Fry's field, and um, I pitched for a team called the Augusta Barons. Right, we were just like a travel showcase team, and uh, we played the Diamond Devils. Which, if anybody, if you play baseball, you're familiar with baseball in the state. Uh, you know about the Diamond Devils, right? Really, really good team, showcase team, whatever. Uh, I forget the guy. The name John Rhodes, I think, was the name of the guy who ran that and tons of connections. But, uh, anyways, yeah, I pitched against the Diamond Devils when they had their team that featured guys like, uh, like, um, Chris Owings, you know, Evan Marzilli was on that team. Uh, Drew, uh, Sisko, uh, not, I don't, yeah, it was Drew Sisko. Yeah. Cause Mike Sisko, his brother, pitched to Carolina. Drew Sisko, who was committed to Georgia. My buddy Taylor Rozier, who went to Wofford. Um, you know, I said Marzilli. Who else? Who else? I'm trying to think. Who else was in that lineup? Oh, Daniel Aldridge that went to College of Charleston. Um, so some really, really good players. I mean, I think eight of the nine guys were going D1, and a couple of them were going to Carolina. Obviously, like I said, Marzilli and a couple of others too. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But pitching, dude, that that was that was incredible, man. Like like pitching on Sarge Fryfield, Field, that was. And I pitched really well. We lost the game two to one, but. Uh, I only gave up three hits. Two of them were to Chris Owings. (laughs) So, that dude was – and I I think Chris Owings, if I'm – I don't know if I'm mistaken. Let's see. He Let's see. How long did he play? I think he might still be playing. Yeah. Did he play for last year? Yeah. Played for Baltimore last year. So, he's still in the big leagues. He's still in the big leagues. So, dude's filth. Dude's pure filth, bro. So, yeah, really, really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. Career 239 hitter, but damn it, he's a freaking 10-year em- big leaguer. So not a not a not not bad. Not bad. Um, so Matt says, Chris, maybe you've answered before not criticizing. Is there a particular reason you do this show at noon rather than evening? And no, Matt, that's not criticism at all. That's a fair question. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think the reason I picked noon to two, it, you know, this show, Matt, used to be noon to one, right? When I first started it. And then we expanded the show. When did we go noon to two? I think we went no, noon to two. I forget exactly when that was. Anyways, though, um, yeah, I, I just picked the lunch hour, Matt, because I, I honestly I felt like that worked best with my schedule. You know, I, I'd rather do it. I'd rather do it during the lunch hour than wait super late in the day. Um, yeah, it, it, it just honestly kind of worked best on my schedule. I mean, I'd be I'd be open to moving it around, I, I don't know. I just feel like the noon to two slot, though, works really well for us, right? And I feel like most people or a lot of people, like I said, are on their lunch break, and, you know, I, I wonder when would people when would people want this show to occur, occur if it was not noon to two? Would five to seven be more convenient? Would six to eight be more convenient? Would seven to nine be more convenient? Would Would seven to nine in the morning be more convenient? Would eight to 10 in the morning be more convenient? So I, I just I don't know. I feel like noon to two, the lunchtime, I feel like that is the most convenient time for all parties involved. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I uh I like it. It, it like I said, it it's it it fits very well into my into my daily routine. It's it fits very well into my schedule. Um, and you gotta think too, one of the other reasons I don't do later in the day, right, is because you know, we have games and stuff like that. So it wouldn't make any sense to do it like 5 to 7, 6 to 8. Like, I know Sports Talk on the radio, you know, Sports Talk on the radio, they do their show 6 to 8, but they they don't they don't care if a game's going on or we're playing or whatever it is, right? They're doing radio no matter what. I, so I don't think any time afternoon would make a lot of sense. Um, and then if you do it like two yeah, – yeah, Matt, and it's a fair question. But if you do it like two to four, three to five, that wouldn't make any sense because people are busy. Uh, and then, again, the morning, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm, I'm not a morning guy like that where I want to wake up and do the, the early game, 5 to 7, 6 to 8, 7 to 9, like whatever. I, I don't want to do that personally. Um, there would be some advantages to that, though. There, there would be, you could argue, some advantages, but uh, I, I'm, I'm more of a night owl than I am a morning person, to be honest. Like, I, I like waking up at 8, 8.30, something like that. You know, I'm, I'm trying to incorporate more so into my daily routine where I wake up earlier. But uh, I tend to, for whatever reason, just find myself staying up later. So, anyways, uh, I think for now, twelve to two is going to be the slot. I know there's a lot of shows that like this 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 noon to two slot. You know, I know that uh, JC and Phil they're eleven to one, right? So, um, yeah. Get this, guys! I tweeted this last night, but get this this stat. Many of you may have seen it. So the Gamecocks lost last night. All right, South Carolina loses to Ole Miss last night. Okay. South Carolina has played three SEC games at the CLA, right? Three SEC games at Colonial Life Arena. They have l- yet to lead at any point in those three games. They have yet to lead at any point at all in those contests. Like, how crazy is that? I mean it's it's wild when you think about it it's wild it's truly wild <clears throat> it's truly wild <clears throat> anyways guys again 8437903377 very excited man very excited for the baseball season to get going. Very excited for it.
2: (改nin人民) Rebecca. Rebecca and Cocky
1: Twan, what's up, what's up, what's up? Brian Lattimore says, (laughs) the time works for the most part. I like that it's during the work day. Helps me get through the day harder for me to tune in the evenings. Yeah, I like it too, Brian, that it breaks the day in half kind of, you know. I personally like that a lot. I like that it kind of separates the day. It's a fun thing. It's a very fun thing. Connor Lee says if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I hear you. I do like to look at content in different ways though, and uh try different things. So all right, let's jump to the phone lines here.
2: Call <clears> from <throat> awesome. King. What's
3: going on, man? How are you?
1: What's up, man? I'm good. How you feeling? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's up?
3: Uh much no, just had a quick question. So
4: um, I know you've been on the baseball side. So question is Stone Blanton already with the baseball team now, or would he be, or is it like a, you know, a certain time
3: where he would go with the baseball team? Yeah, I
1: I have not seen anything, my friend. I I don't see him on the roster or anything. So I I don't know. I don't know. I I don't, I don't know what the plan is there. Um, You know, he could have changed his mind. They could have changed their mind. I have no idea, but nobody, I don't think anybody's asked Beamer. He hasn't said anything and nobody has updated. I mean, if, if, let me say this, if he's with the baseball team, he's practicing right now. So and I guess right. you know, again, I guess we don't know, but uh yeah. So it's just one of those things where I, I think Kingston or somebody's gonna have to update us, but uh I'm not exactly sure.
3: Oh.
4: <clears throat> gotcha. And uh one other thing, uh I know you saw what the sports talk S C said yesterday about last well, yesterday about Jeff Co, though. Mm-hmm. I, it's a little shiny light of hope, but I know it's, I it's no I know that's confirmed, but th- just to know that Beamer and them are still working to get them in. And he's basically, you know what I'm saying?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Everybody wants them in. So I guess that's a good sign. So I'm just going to look yep. at the positive. So hopefully we know something better by yep. the end of this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope so, man. I hope so. Uh, that'd be huge. But uh, yeah, I mean, right now it's just wait and see. So.
3: Yep. All right, man. For sure, man.
1: Hey, I appreciate the call, my friend. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yep. Take care. Yeah, the Jeff Coat thing, man, is unfortunate. You know, like I said, the Jeff Coat thing is is a bit unfortunate. Um, you know. Yep, it's a bit unfortunate, but it is what it is. So we just uh yeah, you just gotta just just deal with it and <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna be able to get him in or not. But um you know, to the point of the time and stuff like that and whatever. Again, guys, I, I looking way too far ahead. I'm still kind of playing with the idea of what we're gonna do <clears throat> this season. I'm still playing with the idea of what we'll do this season in regards to, you know, the T Sus bus. Uh, you know, I I would love to I would love to do that. Uh need to find a big sponsor for it. Um, but I'd love to do the T sus bus. You know, if, if not that. Um you know, I, the watch parties with Carolina Alehouse could definitely still be a thing. You know, I have a great time doing that. Those are a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've considered pregame and postgame, you know, TDC, you know, call-in shows. I mean, I've had a, I've had a, a large amount of people request that because the only postgame show that's really notable at this point, I think Gamecock Central maybe tried to do one, but the only real call-in show in postgame is – um, on 1075 the game. the the only thing about the post game, I, the post game calling show would get would be reckless. I mean, it'd be reckless, would it not? People calling in shit hammered, uh, either pissed off or or whatever, and you know a lot there'd, there'd probably be a lot of people calling in pissed off at me, right? <laughs> I mean, call it for what it is. Um let's see. Okay, I don't know exactly where or when this was posted. It looks like it's on 24-7 Sports. Our friend Chase Youngblood posting for 24-7. Linebacker Stone Blanton's going to concentrate on football this spring and not head out to the baseball field. Blanton's been pretty headstrong and wanting to play both sports in college, but he's going to set aside time on the diamond this semester. It should be made clear, though, that baseball may be an option in the future. Uh, There were several factors at play in the decision. One of the main factors is the fact that he's had some shoulder problems in the fall that have lingered, and he's a little bit of ways away from actually being able to throw a baseball. He was getting some time in the cages over the summer and some in the early fall, but he suffered that shoulder injury in the Georgia game, done very little, if anything, with baseball since then. Of course, having a starting linebacker position along with the competition and needing to improve on the football field plays just about as much into the decision or more as anything else. Yeah, and that that makes sense. Uh, So it sounds like, again, Stone Blanton, you know, he's not on the roster, will not play. Focus on football. Which is fine, I, you know, and I, I think, too, though, it's, it's, I mean, baseball is a, there are a few guys that can just pick it up and, and, oh, I'm a starter. Oh, I'm elite. You know, if, you, if you're not putting all your time towards it, I mean, I, I think it's great to be like a, a multi-sport athlete. But college is probably the time where you need to lock in on one sport. I, I, I just, and, I you know, I'd love to see him play both, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, there are real challenges to trying to play multiple sports and for football football and baseball stone blanton's experiencing it um you know the injury side of things especially when you're a linebacker um you know i think also too like the gamecocks picked up tons of tons of elite talent uh through the portal baseball side and so it's like you know i mean good luck good luck winning a job you know what i mean Good luck beating out guys who were at the field every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just – it's going to be tough for you. I I just wonder – I just wonder, is he a better football player than he would have been a baseball player? Because Perfect Game was really high on Stone Blanton. Like, I mean, Stone Blanton, he was going to Mississippi State. So, pretty good baseball player. Yeah, Will, the content would be electric. No doubt. Uh, By the way, guys, side note. Since Will just commented, I'm thinking about my Myrtle Beach Gamecocks. We are working on on setting the dates for our spring tour. The only location we will not hit is Augusta, Georgia. That's the only one we won't go go to. I apologize on my CSRA Gamecocks. But I'll be honest with you. When I've gone there, y'all have not really turned up like I hoped. (laughs) I I don't know if y'all are scared of the Georgia folks or what it is, but uh, the CSRA Gamecocks have not. Have not turned up and showed out like I, I mean, it, it, it's been okay. It's been, a, it's been an okay turnout, but not great. So if you're a CSRA Gamecock, you want to see us come out to Harbison in Columbia, that'll be your best shot, but we will be downtown Greenville, Woodruff Road, Fort Mill, Somerville, Myrtle, and Columbia. So going to be a really good time. As Soon as we lock in those dates, I will let you guys know. We'll make the announcement and uh, really excited for it, I man. I'm really pumped. I, I just love getting around the state, meeting you guys, and hanging out. And um, You know, again, it's a really good time. It's a really, really good time. And I would have been down to do Augusta. Let me just put it that way. I would have been down to do Augusta, right? I really would have. Um, but uh, Carolina Alehouse said, eh, let's leave Augusta off the list. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing is what it is. But Greenville. Greenville always turns up for us. It's crazy. Greenville's normally the most well-attended. So, Austin Gregory, CSRA Gamecock here. Just too many Georgia fans to even have a good time in Augusta if you went to downtown Aiken right across the river. It'd be a much better overall experience. The problem is, Austin, they don't have – Ale House doesn't have a location in Aiken. I would agree with you. I think Aiken will be a lot of Gamecocks. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Austin, I need to go visit Van and Beth. They, they've actually offered to allow me to go out there and see Sir Big Spur and, and see the, you know, where he lives and stuff like that. I need to do that. I need to do that, no doubt. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I got a lot of love for my hometown. And, and but but I will say it is a very like I would not call North Augusta a Gamecock town. I think it's very, very much, you know, mixed between Gamecocks, Clemson, and Georgia. A lot of Georgia people. A lot of Georgia people. And I think that's yeah, and especially the alehouse in Augusta. It's dude, Augusta's Georgia heavy, man. It's a it's especially with how good Georgia is. Um, Yeah, and then people jumping on the Clemson Sucks bandwagon, right, because of, uh, you know, how good they've been over the last couple of years. But, yeah, Austin, I'm from North Augusta. Yeah, born and raised, right off exit one. So, born and raised, went to North Augusta High School, all that good stuff. Um, But, again, yeah, I mean, even the guys I went to high school with, even the guys I went to high school with, you know, all my buddies in high school, a lot of them were Clemson fans. A lot of them were. There were just a lot of – we went to school with a lot of Clemson fans. Right. So, um, yeah. But, uh, anyways, I was class 09, class 09, North Augusta. So, anyways, guys, 8437903377. Appreciate you all tuning in again last night. Another rough night at the CLA. Rough night at the CLA, and again, you know, it's unfortunate, but the battle that Lamont Paris is fighting, the battle that Frank Martin fought, and the battle that anybody who is the head coach of the Gamecocks men's basketball program fights is that men's basketball is just now viewed. It's it's simply that thing that we do, that we partake in, whether we want to or not, it's that thing we partake in and that entertains us and really kills time between the end of football season and opening day. Prove me wrong. I mean, that that's how it feels at least. And I don't love that feeling, but that's the reality of it. So, and especially this season, when you are as bad as you are. So, I, I just, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, that's what I, and I'm glad I've, I mean, I, I was thinking about this last night. You know the 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 decision that I made to to change up the podcast from Monday, Wednesday, Friday to to Monday Thursday. Well, one of the reasons I did that was because I was like, you know, it is pointless when we have TDC. It is pointless for me to stay up, or not stay up, but it's it's pointless for me to record a podcast on Tuesday night, on a Tuesday night like, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, and stay up late doing that for a basketball game that, dude, people don't even care about. Like, really, truly? You know what I mean? Like, I'm so glad that I'm not doing that. That is such an inefficient way to utilize my time. Such an inefficient way. So... I am really happy that I made that decision. Um, Really happy I made that decision. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, this is a much, much more efficient way to utilize our time. No question. And, again, Monday, Wednesday, Friday pods, they will return beginning of July. Beginning of July. Jerry Withers has come up toward Chesterfield County, South Carolina. I'd be game. I'd be game. Why not? Babes and waves in the man. Appreciate you. Austin Gregory says, when will they start cutting ticket prices for basketball games? I was going to go this weekend of the Auburn game, but knowing the outcome, I can't pay 50 bucks to watch a beatdown of that magnitude. Well, Brendan M. and Dalton are going. If you want to join them, they're gluttons for punishment. Uh, Chase says, you better call in sick whenever the Somerville game is. (laughs) Oh, my. I hear you, man. Watching a, uh, watching a football game. Watching any Gamecocks at, uh, Somerville. No, no, no go. Absolute no go. Like, unless we're playing literally, like, Furman or something. No. No go. Yeah. So. Anyways, guys, like I said, the, the, the spring tour, I will update you all. The spring tour, I'll update you on uh, on the dates, when that's happening, locations, stuff like that. So, also, the, the women's team plays tomorrow. I don't know who we play. Let's see. The women take on Vanderbilt in Nashville tomorrow night. I'm sure that will be a beatdown. And then we take on Sunday, Missouri. No, excuse me. Arkansas. Arkansas. The Wee Back Pack game. It's a 3 o'clock tip on ESPN2. So nationally televised. The big one upcoming, of course, is Sunday, February the 5th. We take on UConn at their place. Noon tip-off. That is aired on Fox. And then the other big one, Sunday, February the 12th, we play LSU, a 2 o'clock tip on the SEC Network. That is a really, really big game. Outside of that, Thursday, February the 23rd at Tennessee, 7 o'clock tip on ESPN. You know, I was thinking, um, let's see. Let's see
2: here. Okay. Is this in
1: – so, we might be doing something. We might do something with Carolina Alehouse for the women's basketball tournament because, obviously, now I'm in Greenville, right? And the women's basketball tournament is in Greenville. So, at Bons of Course, Love that. So, yours truly. We might be – you realize that, like, the, the, the how deep we are into the basketball season? The women's basketball tournament is only 41 days away. That's not that long. That's pretty damn – Close, actually. So, yeah, there's a chance I will go. I think that'd be a lot of fun to go. Max, do you think attendance gets better at Founders Park this season? Which is so funny you asked that because they released, I forget who it was, released like a, 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 a attendance uh, numbers for last year. And South Carolina, like sixth in the country. <laughs> and I'm not – Listen, I'm not going to be – I love that. I'm glad, you know, showed we averaged like 6,500 fans a game. That was definitely tickets sold because, guys, I was at practically every single game last year. There were not 6,500 fans at every game. I, I can assure you there weren't. I can assure you there were not. <laughs> like, there weren't. So, to your point, to your question, do you think attendance gets better? You know, I think attendance for baseball and basketball, right? Because last night CLA was a ghost town, which is to be expected when you're as bad as 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 we are. But as I've said before, guys, and it still applies. I mean, baseball's the the crown jewel of Carolina of the men's sports, and um, you know, and, and and we love our baseball. You know, I think Gamecocks fans, we love our baseball more than a lot of other schools do. I know in the SEC, there's many other. SEC programs and fan bases that would say that as well. But we love our baseball. But even when it comes to Carolina, if you're not putting a product on the field, on the court, this isn't football, right? Even football struggle with attendance. But like it's even more important in basketball and baseball. If you're not putting a product out there, you're just going to have trouble drawing a crowd. And you can't, I'm sorry guys, in the year 2023, you can't sit here and say fans should just show up no matter what and they should because when you think about the financial investment and the time and the energy that it takes right to go to these games and, and make it happen in these weekends. And you know what, man, if, if they're, if you're not getting the return on the investment, if you're not getting, if you're not getting the product that you hope to see, then I don't blame people, you know, and, and there's a, there's a, right. I'm not talking about, well, we're like a fringe team fighting for the post. Like I'm talking about last year, you got a, you got a product that's under 500 that's losing the Xavier in the midweek and the Citadel and, PC, I mean, I, I wouldn't blame anybody for not going. I wouldn't blame anybody for not going. Um, But, yes, I, I will say this to answer your question. Yes, I think with this ball club, I think we will be better. I think you will see the crowds improve. And we got some really fun home series upcoming, which uh, we'll highlight the schedule here on the other side of the break. Guys, we are going to jump into a break on that note. But on the other side, we're taking your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're
2: tuned in to The Daily Crow.
1: All right, guys, we're back taking your questions, comments, calls 843-790-337. eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven That's eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven If you're having any technical issues, please let me know. Got some folks in the uh, the Big Cock Club Discord said our feed was freezing up a little bit. So if it's still if it's still acting up, please let me know. Um, yeah, never know what hackers might be infiltrating the feed. So DGD, what's up, man? How are you? How's it feel to be a national champion? Congratulations. All right, let's jump straight to the phone lines here.
2: Call from awesome. Will Chris
3: Will, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How about you? It's nice weather today. I'm I'm itching for baseball.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Yeah, I'm I'm itching for it as well, man. I'm kind of in the golf kick also, but uh, yeah, springtime's upon us, man. It's creeping up. I'm I'm ready for it.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm worried though, like so as much as the optimism I have for our baseball team, like, you know, pitching, pitching, I'm not really worried about. Uh, I did have a question for you. Uh, the Notre Dame pitcher is, I forgot his name off the top of my head. For some reason, I remember him getting hurt yeah. last year. Is he good to go this year?
1: No. So yeah, Roman Kimball, that's who you're talking about. He, uh, he got hurt during the fall. Mm-hmm. He had to have Tommy John. So he's out this season.
3: Yeah, see, and that's what I thought because I, I was arguing with my brother about it the other day, and he was like, "Oh no, he's good to go." No, so I'm not right. Kim Wall- Cause Kim Wall- off the year. Yeah, Kimball. Kimball's out for Yeah, because he was supposed to compete for a starting job. Uh you know, although I'm not super worried about it because, like you said before, we got a really deep pitching staff. Yeah. Hopefully, as long as people stay healthy, we we seem to battle in every men's sport.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, but anyway, the in hitting is what also I'm worrying about a little bit. Um, if we can hit the ball, like you said, we can, we're going to do just fine. Uh, I, didn't, I hope Kingston changes his coaching philosophy, though, because when we're sitting, you know, I feel like he always pulled pitchers out like an uh, inning or two late or, you know, move people around. Like, it was just always odd to me. Am I the only one thinking that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been some questionable moves. You know, I I think a lot of it last year, you know, Justin Parker is your, uh, is your pitching coach, obviously came from Indiana. And everybody I saw, I've talked to has spoken really highly on him. But, you know, last year, I think a lot of the questionable moves came because of the injuries and the shuffling that had to take place. And, you know, the freshmen you were inserting in roles that they probably weren't ready to be in. So, I mean, you're right, you know, staying healthy is a big piece of it. And, You know, unfortunately, it's one of those things in baseball, especially, man, where I mean, you got to take care of uh, you got to take care of arms. There's no doubt. Um, And if you're not doing that, I I don't you know, I don't know how you could even be a a pitching coach at this level. But a lot of that's just luck, man. I mean, it's it's if a guy's elbow pops, I I don't there's there's not a whole lot you can do. You know what I mean? There's not a whole lot you can do. Um, But uh, yeah, Yeah. we we need we need the baseball guys to smile on us a little bit and stay healthy and but, um, you know, that, that, I think if that happens, you know, and, you, and you're not affected by injuries and, you know, I, I think that should help some of the decision-making, right? That, that should help. But, I mean, it, it's always well, a risk. It's always a risk when you're taking guys out, putting guys in. If it works, you look like a genius. If it doesn't, you're, you're questioned. You know what I mean? It's just part of the game. So.
3: Well, what gives me optimism for this year is like we talked about, yeah, we had some bad losses last year but I was also at games like Ole Miss where we beat them and, you know, Texas and all those and Vanderbilt. We can, we've beaten the best of the best. So there's no reason, you know, we just need consistency. And I think with the depth that we're getting this year and like the, the thing that gives me hope about Kingston is like you said before, we, we're not just sitting around like, Oh, I hope the same thing works. No, we actually got, went and got guys. We've changed our roster and, and so that gives me a lot of hope about this year. And with this easier non-conference, you know, hopefully we can build some of the confidence because and get get the bats rolling. But if we're not hitting the ball when it comes to SEC play, then I'm going to be worried, and I'm going to be probably calling for King's head at that point. Yeah, so I mean, there's listen, no reason that we should be. Uh,
1: yeah, no. I was I was going to say King's on the hot seat, no doubt. And, and I'd agree with you. We need to tear up non-conference pitching. There's no excuse. I mean, you look at our non-conference schedule. Outside of Clem sucks, I mean, it's about as manageable as you could ask for. I mean, we, we, we don't have some gauntlet we've got to run through, so, you know, at least in the, in the first couple of weekends. So, um, you know, and, and to your point, you know, like I said, Kingston didn't just sit around. And, I mean, they completely flipped the roster, added a bunch of transfer portal bats, a lot of veteran bats. Um, you know, went out and got some arms, too, and you add Monty Lee. And uh, so they did some shuffling. You know, they, they did the necessary shuffling, and I think that's why, again, you're seeing D1 baseball – Rank the Gamecocks where they are, but now it's all about just putting it together, right? You know what I mean? And so it's, it's, uh, it's put up or shut up time, man. I mean, there's a lot of pressure around Carolina baseball, which is a positive. Pressure's a privilege. That's what makes this program so great. And, uh, this year certainly is no exception. And, you know, I, I really do believe it's super regionals or bust for Mark Kingston. I, I really do. I think that's what's got to happen. I think you need to see a jump this year. You know, we, we hear about the pitching staff, we hear about the great bats you've added. Um, uh, but you got to put it in action. We, we need to see some major progress this year.
3: Well, yeah, because we got – I mean, there's no excuse for us not to hold our baseball program to a higher standard because of where we've been. At. I mean, you look at the wall, it's – we're better than most of the programs in the country. And, and I even, like – because he changed it was like, oh, we we got to a, a foreign original regional last year or something like that. Like, I remember him arguing at some point. I'm like, but that's, like, one of the, like, bare minimum. Like, we should be – Assuming that we should be going to a, a regional and, and hopefully hosting, you know, and now now we're fighting for a regional the last couple of years. Like no, 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 no. You either get us to a super regional, you know. And I don't expect us every year to get to a super regional. Or and because the SEC, the top ten teams, uh, top ten teams in the SEC are amazing. And like I think what the D1 baseball, seven of the top ten teams are SEC baseball mm-hmm. programs. Like. Yeah. You can't expect it all. Um, I did have one question and you might know this and you might not. Um Bosnick, is Bosnick listed to start for Arkansas at all? So I think, or do you I,
1: know think anything I think about Bosnick him? I think Bosnick ended up uh, he ended up signing a pro contract. Oh really? Yeah. He ended up signing a pro contract. Uh, okay. Yeah. So he, well, he, we don't he have so to here's him. what happened. So he <laughs> entered the portal, right? He entered the portal. And then got drafted and then ended up signing anyways. So, it was kind of a, I don't, I don't know, it was a weird thing. But, uh, yeah, he signed with the Pirates, I believe, 14th round pick.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better. At least I, we don't have to see him this year. Because that would kind of suck if we get beat by our own, like, player. But then then again, you know, it made me feel better. when I think yesterday you said that, like, really – he didn't play last year, really. Like he was hurt. No, so, he, like, he was, didn't yeah. really make. He had a good freshman year. Yeah, he was injured. That was oh, he, about it. That, about because him.
1: because the thing with with Bos yeah the thing with Bosnick last year is, um uh, you know I, I remember going out to a to a scrimmage last year and he was he was eighty seven eighty eight and he's normally a ninety four ninety five guy and you, you could you could just see that he wasn't himself and uh, yeah that injury lingered literally all season long so, um you know. I, is what it is and and glad it worked out for him where he still got drafted. Um, but, uh, yeah. So glad we're, 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 we're I'm definitely excited.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for some of our younger pitchers that were kind of thrown into the fire last year. They got some experience now, like Noah Hall. You remember he was kind of rocky last year at the beginning. And then he, in sec play, he really started to thrive. So like, I'm, I'm curious to see on, like, now we know that he is a starter. Like, he's going to be – and I'm curious to see, like, him, Matthew Becker, all of them, like, we should really come into our own and have, like, a good, solid rotation. And then, like, even, like, mid-relievers and stuff like that. Like, oh, man, he's good. He's good. We – you know, all the names that was going down our roster, like, we got some pitchers, man. Like, it's, there, there should be no reason, that like, even in a mediocre, like an average hitting team, we should be in most of the games that we play against you know, teams we play. Yeah. I mean, so. if, if I, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm if, hoping if we're,
1: if we're an average hitting team, there's a good chance that we, we host a regional. Like that's, again, I think the pitching is going to be that good. We don't have to hit 300. We just so, need to hit
3: solid. Yeah. It's just, cause I don't really know who, like I know some of the bigger names we brought in, but I'm not sure what bats are coming in. Like who's, who's coming in yet. Yeah, I, I guess we'll all figure it out at the beginning of the year, mm. but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this season,
1: so Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited as well, man. I can't but wait. anyway.
3: I appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, man. Hey, thanks so much for the call, my dude. Of course. Yes, sir. Take care. Great stuff. I think it makes a lot of great points. Yeah, I'm I'm very pumped too. I'm very pumped for it. And uh yeah, again, I, I think I've said many times I think the pitching is gonna be elite. It's just all about what uh what do the bats do? What do the bats do? So um so I made a remark this morning about realistic expectations for kind of baseball. Maybe Mark SC Rooster zero one replies on Twitter. He says playoffs every year or postseason, super regional seven of ten, Omaha four of ten, and national champs two of ten. It, it's it's tough to say national champs two. Like it's just so hard to win a national championship. So, but I love it. Hey, high expectations. I love it, man. Run to it, not from it. Let's jump the lines. Call from
2: Scotty.
4: Scotty, what's up, man? How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. What's going on? Man, I'm just being honest with you. Like I've looked at this schedule probably multiple times. Uh baseball this year. I mean you look at it, we go to Vanderbilt, to Georgia, to Arkansas. We got LSU, Florida, Tennessee at home. Like the, I'm sitting here and I'm wondering is it going to be something like it was last year where we lose to the people we shouldn't lose to and we beat the people we should be or shouldn't be excuse me but uh, like I, I don't know if that's just because I mean obviously I've grown up in baseball and stuff like that and I mean you look at it baseball is kind of the most unpredictable sport when it comes to it because of injuries or people getting in swamps or whatever else but I mean yeah I'm excited to see it um, but I know that you know, in the back of my mind, like I know Mark Keekson. He he's – I got to be honest, I think this is going to be his last year. I really do. Um, I don't really see much coming. I know that we've got stuff from the portal and we've recruited our asses off and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't, part of me worries about this year. I got to be honest with you.
1: I mean, I think that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I think that's very fair because we've, we've gotten guys from the portal the last couple of years and, and it feels like – the guys that we've brought in from the portal have not lived up to what we thought they were going to be. I mean, Kevin Madden last year, Definitely. is a great example. And I, and I, and I've, I've met Kevin in person. He's a great dude, great guy, but uh, you know, how ironic, right? That he's a slugger at Virginia tech and he comes to Carolina last year and he has his worst season hitting. I mean, it's just, he, he was, he was not very good last year. Just call it for what it is. He tell you he wasn't yeah. good last year. So why is that? You know what I mean? It, it's just, Um, and so you hope and you pray that with, with the, I think, I think that if Monty Lee was not into the fold, I'd be much, much more skeptical. I mean, we're, 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 I'm hoping and praying that the insertion of Monty Lee makes a difference, makes massive difference. Um, because I mean, you make, again, you make a great point, man. You make a great point. We've brought transfer guys in before we have brought, um, you know, we've, we've brought, uh, big sticks in before from different schools and it just hadn't worked out. So, uh, you know, the pitching will be there. There's, I think that's we feel safe saying the pitching will be there as long as there's no injuries or very limited injuries, the pitching will be there. But, uh, I, listen, I'm not going to blame anybody for being skeptical in regards to, uh, you know, this team and and can they swing it? And there's enough evidence there over the last couple of years. It says, no, like even when we were good, quote unquote, good, even when we were good in 2021, we were not a great hitting team. We, we lived and died by the home run. So, I mean, yep. you know, there's not a whole lot of evidence that says that we are going to swing it very well this year. There's really not, unfortunately. And I mean,
4: that's where – yeah. And that's where I think, like, I would like to see, you know, more small ball kick in, you know, uh, squeezes, steals, you know, blunts more often. I mean, baseball has gotten away from that, but I still think that that's that's your strong suit when it comes to baseball. You know, you get people on base, you move them around. I don't want to sit here personally and live and die by the long ball. I mean, that's like a basketball team sitting there and living and die by the three. You know, if you're off one night, you're going to lose. Um, like, I don't want to be that team. I don't want to be that school. If our pitching is going to be that type, you know, of level of good, um, no matter what it is, like, we've got to have some offensive efficiency to keep up with how good our pitching is going to be. And I sit there and I look at, you know, how he brought in Monty Lee. And honestly, that part kind of scares me a little bit, too, just because, you know, what he did, you know, in Death Valley, like the later years it got, it seems like the worst that they Mm -hmm. failed. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, maybe just that experience comes in and, and, you know, helps out and stuff like that. But, I mean, you look at Scott Wingo being there, dude, he's been in as a player at the same school. Now he's doing it as a coach. I think it is an unbelievable story. You know, he comes in there and, and really trends this up in the right direction where we used to be. Um, that That's kind of my mindset, and you know, what I would like to see. And like I said, you know, I, I'm a still strong believer in small ball. Um, I really want to see that work out. And, I mean, I know that you pitch. So, I mean, you could probably attest to, you know, people doing it when you were pitching as far as small ball rather than just living and dying by the long ball. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited, but I am very optimistic. And I'm, you know, I'm a little worried. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. in, in,
1: here, here's the thing. Again, it's it's baseball, I think, is the – it's – let me see if I'm going to – I think it's almost like the easiest sport to be optimistic about in the sense because it's so random, right? Like, it's – it's uh it because everybody in the SEC has talent. You know, some obviously have more talent than others. But, you know, at South Carolina, we have enough talent. Like if we get hot, we can have a great year, you know. But it's also exactly. like you mentioned, like if we're in a what feels like a year long slump, we can have a terrible year like last year, and it can snowball. So, um, I'm optimistic as well. You know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, there are real concerns, and I don't blame anybody for coming in this season with kind of conservative expectations. But you know, I, I think this is the year, man, where again there's just really no gray area. It's and I, and I thought, you know, I thought there was enough last year to move off of Mark Kingston. There, there, there was enough bottom line. There was, there was was enough. There was enough. And looking back, you know, looking back and I'm sure many would agree with this and, and hindsight's 2020. And I think one of the reasons they did not make the move on Kingston is because, you know, you fired Muschamp in, 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 you know, late 2020, then you fired Frank Martin start of 2022. The last thing you want to do is fire a third coach right, a third coach within a two-year yeah. span, less than two years. But looking back, hindsight 2020, I, I would have much rather gotten rid of Kingston than Frank Martin.
4: And I mean – Yeah, well, I mean, look at know. it this way. It, you get rid of Mustamp, you bring in Beamer, you're on the o You get rid of Martin, you bring in – I can't remember his name. Lamont but, uh, yeah. Basketball's a little different, in my opinion, just because of – Recruiting standpoint and where we've not been on that level, but I think when he gets his guys in there, basketball is going to trend on an upper scale. So
2: now looking at it, let camera went out. Okay, I don't know what happened with the camera. Sorry about that.
1: Anyways, um, yes, we're back on. We're back alive. I know the camera went out. That's probably what everybody's commenting right now. Anyways, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily work this way. It doesn't necessarily work this way. But uh, hindsight being 2020, if you could tell people, hey, you can have one or the other, right? Basketball just had a rough year. Baseball just had a rough year. You can get rid of one of the two. I will say, I think looking back, most people would have voted to get rid of Kingston. Because the thing with basketball is, like, we don't really have expectations of certainly greatness anyways. And Martin at least had us playing kind of above where we had ever been. You know, Kingston, there was enough last year to get rid of him. There was. There was. So, and I'm someone that, I'm, I'm someone that, I love baseball, like selfishly, I love the yardcocks selfishly, I love creating content around baseball. So like I'm not going into this season, this baseball season with for example, the same vigor I had going into uh, the 2020 football season where I was like, you know Fire must champ Fire must. like I, we just knew he was a slap dick, right? And I didn't go into the basketball season last year with that either. and it's funny because people look at me and they're like, you wanted Frank Martin fired. How do you feel now? I feel like I was very like I, I I didn't come at the Frank Martin situation very hard. I just said, hey, like I feel like the relationships kind of kind of played out. It's 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 run its course. We're just sort of kind of spinning our wheels right now, um, you know. And and it's time we go a different direction, right? It's time that we go a different direction. And I would have been totally fine had they brought Martin back. If they would have brought Martin back, I said, okay, all right. Let's let's see. Let's see what he does. And looking back, I'll say this because you know having Jamie Shaw on the podcast of On Three, having Jamie Shaw, and I I, I would argue there's few that followed the recruitment of Gigi Jackson closer than Jamie Shaw did. But having Jamie Shaw on the show and hearing about the Gigi Jackson recruitment and the fact that Gigi Jackson would have come to South Carolina, he was always going to be a Gamecock. He would have come to South Carolina had Frank Martin been the head coach. And so I will say this, and I don't know that I've ever gone record and said this, but looking back, because guys, again, I would have been fine if they brought him back. I thought that the relationship would run its course, but I would have been fine if they brought him back, especially if you would have factored in, okay, the entire roster you had last year would return and GG will be added. I I think it would have made a lot of sense to bring Frank Martin back. I also respected the fact that they said, you know what? We've given you a decade. It hasn't worked out. We're going a different direction. I respected that. But as we sit here today, would I have liked to have seen that roster last year with, with Jermaine Cousnard, Keyshawn Bryant, Devin Carter, and then you add in Gigi Jackson, Wilden Zvek, some others that transferred out as well. I would have liked to have seen it. I would have liked to have seen what that team looked like, to be honest with you. And, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it's all hypotheticals now, and everybody's kind of dispersed and, and gone their own way. But, you know, it would have been interesting nonetheless. So, but they made the decision, and and I was fine with it, and I respect it, right? But I would have been open to a return. I, 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 I don't know if people misunderstood that. I would have been open if they wanted to bring him back, especially again, if you could have said, okay, we're going to have this stacked roster. Um, you know, and I'm not going to say that would have solved all problems, right? He might have returned after this year, and then we'd have been sitting in the same spot and, you know, had to fire him anyways. But, you know, it's just all part of ripping the Band-Aid off, man. It's all part of moving forward, and change is uncomfortable, and it needed to be done. But, you know, this 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 season, what we are experiencing is, uh, is uh, you know, just something you got to go through. And I, I'll say this because I see Brian Lattimore saying, problem is we would have maybe had one good year, then what? What do we do after Final Four? Listen, Brian, I think you're right. I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on, right? Um, I mean, I, I literally went on record, Ryan. You know this. I went on record at this, like, a year ago to the date, I was saying, okay, it's time to move on from Frank Martin. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I was, I'm was i right there with you. You know what I mean? I'm right there with you. Um, I just, I guess, I see both sides of it. You know what I mean? And it's like, damn, it, it, it would have been a lot of fun. It would have been a lot of fun to see that team plus G.G. Jackson. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But you know what? You know what we could have done? We could have been sitting right here at the same spot, Gigi Jackson, and still had a shit year. You know what I mean? Still had a shit year. And, uh, you know, then then what? Then what? So, yeah, then what? So, I mean, I'm, I'm, certainly, I'm certainly not one of these people that's going to sit here and say, we should have kept Frank, like every loss. I'm not doing that. But when you think about it, I, I'm seeing highlights from all these guys that transferred out and you know, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> it's hard not to think about it, right? It's hard not to think about it. Uh, on the baseball side of things, again, Kingston, it, it's very simple. Uh, it's very, very simple. Super regionals are bust. To me, it's, it's that cut and dry because, again, guys, like I've told you, uh, if you don't make the supers, one of three things happened. Number one, you missed the postseason, he should be gone. Number two, you were a two or three seed, you had to go on the road. So you weren't good enough to host, you had to go on the road and you lost in a regional, he should be fired. And the third outcome, which could be the worst of all, is that you hosted a regional on your home field at Founders Park and you got beat in your own regional. He should be gone. So, to me, it's very clear-cut. The expectations are as simple as super regional or bust for Mark Kingston to return as head coach in 2024. All right, guys, we're going to jump into one final break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions,
2: your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. I don't know why the camera is not, not uh, kind of messing up on us. Either way, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls.
1: 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Wednesday, January the 18th. It truly is a beautiful day outside, by the way. Might go uh, might go hit the golf ball around a little bit today after we record tomorrow's pod. Either way, want to hear from you. Again, final 10 minutes or so. Uh, Bruin Nation says it was time for Frank to go. No matter if he was here or not, they still would have went 17-19 wins and missed the tournament, and he would have still talked about the final four. You know, I mean, to your point, Ruination, I mean, there's there's nothing that says we wouldn't have just done the same thing. I mean, you you make a great point. So um, it's not as simple as, well, we just take last year's team and just plug in GG and all is all is fixed. I mean, you're right, you're right. Um, I, I guess I just, you know, it's we have the conversation. Because again, I love opening in banter and convo and back and forth and debate, and you guys know that at this point. But unfortunately, I've just, I've just, I've, I've, in my lifetime of doing the Spurs Up show, right, of running my business and creating content, and I just, I've got to be honest, I, I've just, I've never cared less about basketball than I do right now. I, I've, I've never cared less. I, I mean, it's just. You know, and I hate to say that, but I will be open and honest with you. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I, I mean I'm I mean y'all y'all know at this point. Y'all know me. Y'all know at this point. Um you know. Let's see. Wow. Get this. Get this. Get this. So the Jalen Rashada kid. The Jalen Rashada kid that got out of his 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 uh, NLI, his his letter of intent deal with Florida. On three recruits, this is Rogue Noel. I don't know who this is. Okay, never mind. This is, this is, that's not a real. I, I don't know if this is real or not, to be honest with you. But he, this is just a tweet. It says, per the Rashada camp, they collected enough upfront money from both Miami and Florida collectives that NIL is no longer a major emphasis on the decision-making at this point, hence the visit to Colorado.
0: God,
1: bro. Yeah, Florida got Florida got straight-up duped, bro. Florida got played, man, which, I mean, I don't feel bad for them. Um, How about this? AD Mitchell, Georgia wide receiver, has entered the transfer portal. I'm surprised we haven't had anybody enter the portal today. Like, I, I'm actually kind of – is anybody else surprised at that? Like, I, I think we've got a quarterback or two that I'd, I'd be kind of surprised if they don't enter the portal. I mean, I, I'm not telling them to do so, but I'm just a little surprised. Hmm. I don't know. I'm a little surprised. Anyways. Justin Martin says, Chris, I don't trust the Board of Trustees and Ray Tanner baseball hires. I would love to see a new AD. You and probably everybody else, Justin. I, I think most, a lot of people fall out of, uh, fall in that camp, if you will. Um, Jeff Gullich, as bad as the basketball team is playing, do you think Gigi will come back? I, you know, I, I've been saying forever, Jeff, that I think Gigi's a one and done. I, I tell you, though, you know, you watch him. I mean, I think he's got all the tools in the world. I think he's got the projectability to still be a high draft pick, but has he done anything that's I mean, you look at his averages though, like he's one of the top freshmen in college basketball. Like, he is that dude. But I mean, is he is he lighting the world on fire like we thought he would? I, you know, I think SEC play has definitely been an adjustment for him. I'll put it that way. I think SEC play has without a doubt been an adjustment. So um, let's see.
2: Jacob E says, the whole Jalen Rashada thing is
1: everything that is wrong about NIL. Yeah, it's, I mean, dude, I, I just say this, though. Like, again, man, like, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. If you're willing to give a quarterback a 17-year-old $10 million, you played yourself. I mean, you you did. You played yourself. You're, you're a fool. You're the fool. Not him. You are. So, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, what kind of promises do they make, Big Wash? Educate me. Let me learn something, because I, I don't know all the details of this thing. I don't know all the details. I uh I only know about the Florida side that they're they're jaded, they're pissed off. What big wash, what happened? Can anybody inform me what happened on the Jaden Rashada thing? I, I, don't I don't know all the details. I don't know all the details. Uh, our guy Dalton says, thought about going to the Auburn game on Saturday, but we were probably going to take another 40 plus point loss. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious what the spread will be in that one. Very curious. Very, very curious. So, uh, to his younger brother returning to Maryland for his senior season. Interesting. Uh, let's see. Big Wash said Josh Pate explained it all. It's all Florida. They promised thirteen million and didn't have the money. <sighs> oh, the funding fell through. Well, you know, I, I saw a clip from Chris Doring this morning, friend of our show guy I've had on a couple times, friend of mine, and he said exactly what, what I what I would have said. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll say this: you shouldn't make promises that you can't keep, right? That's that's not setting a great precedent for what your career there is going to be like, but. Good on Florida for not giving the kid $13 million. I mean, truly, truly. Good good on Florida for not. I'd say the same thing about South Carolina. Good on you. There ain't no player out there worth that. That Nobody. There's no college player. Like, see, that's, that's the crazy thing, guys, is that when the pros pay a kid, right? Number one, these are organizations that have salary caps and they have buku's amounts of dollars, right? They have tons of money. Right? And then a lot of guys in the pros, or most guys in the pros, guys who have been in the pros before, when they get paid, they are getting paid off of, like, what they have done at that level. Right? They're getting paid based off their performance, their statistics, etc. Paying an unproven high school kid. Unproven. Completely unproven. Bro, just because you were the best player at your high school means Nothing. It means nothing. Like, when people talk about this, like, do you see his high school stat? Man, he crushed it this high school. Like, I literally do not care. Everybody that goes to a SEC school has crazy stats. Everybody that goes to a, everybody that's a four- or five-star, crushed. They were the best player at their high school. They were the best player in their county. They were probably one of the best players in their state. Who gives a damn? It doesn't mean you're worth $10 million. It don't mean you're worth $5 million. It's it's just crazy, dude. It is crazy. And the market will correct itself, no doubt. The market will correct itself. People will stop blindly investing money and making dumb business decisions. They will. It, It will stop. It will cease. It will fix itself. I really, truly believe that. Now, do we need regulations? Do we need people that are much smarter and higher up than I am to to make these decisions? Absolutely, we do. But, again, I speak from the business owner vantage point. NIL is a great tool. It is a great opportunity for business owners to give back, to make an impact, you know, to positively impact those student athletes that sacrifice their blood, sweat, and tears into – the university and a program they love so much. NIL is not for people to just blindly give away their money in hopes their team might win one or two more games that fall. NIL is not to put 17-, 18-, 19-, 20-year-olds on a payroll. It's it's not. That's not what it's for. I refuse to be a part of it, this money-funneling thing. It's like I've told you guys before. At what point does win by any means necessary become too much? At what point does it become ridiculous? At what point does it become not worth it? Winning is fun. Winning is great. We all want South Carolina to win. We Every, every SEC fan base wants their team to win. But at what cost? At what cost is it worth it? At what cost? Does it become ridiculous? And with that being said, guys, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. We've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much, guys. Check out TDC in podcast form. If you miss anything on the show today, uh, it will drop at 3 o'clock. The podcast form of the show drops every single day at 3 o'clock on our podcast feed. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Outside of that, guys, again, appreciate y'all tuning in. Thank y'all so much. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.